great to have you here on Vision Sunday. Do you know the Bible says that without vision, the people perish. And the truth is that without the people, the vision will perish. And so this morning is super important for us as a church, but also for us as individuals. And so this morning, are you ready? Are you ready? Come on, ready to lean into what God has got to say to us, what he's calling us to this morning. So what do we mean by vision? I realize that for some of you, this may be a brand new alien concept. And so I just want to kind of give you a heads up. And the reality, the reality is that the vision remains the same. The vision for the church remains the same. And the vision for our church is the same as the vision for the church down the road and the church in Africa and Asia and across the world, because we are called to go into all the world to preach the good news of Jesus, to make disciples, to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the the great commission that Jesus gave to his disciples, and it is still the call on our lives as followers of Jesus today. And so what is the purpose of Vision Sunday? What does that mean? Well, what we're going to do is look at more about the how behind the what. We're going to look at the how behind the what. So maybe we should call this Strategy Sunday instead. That's got a nice ring to it, but we're going with Vision Sunday. That's what we're we're doing. And so we're going to look at a key verse, a key portion of scripture for the year ahead that will essentially frame how we as a local church carry out this great commission, this call on our lives as followers of Jesus. And we've not really done something like this in this church since way back in 2018 when Ruth and I were first appointed as as leaders of the church. And so we brought a kind of overarching kind of long-term vision that first and foremost on our hearts is to love God and love people. And then we we laid out some core values to help us to to carry that that vision out, to pursue the heart of God, to help people find their God-given purpose, to restore the brokenhearted, to bring hope to our community, and to create a culture of generosity. So for us as a church, they are the values that help us to carry out the vision to love God and to love people. And so what we're doing today, this morning, is we're going to be setting a pattern of every year. The first, sorry, the last Sunday in January will become Vision Sunday. It will become Vision Sunday. And the Lord spoke to the prophet Habakkuk and he said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And so this morning, we don't need vision listeners. This is not a sit back, listen, passive kind of thing. What we're looking for is vision runners. We're looking for vision runners. And my prayer is that this morning you will catch hold of something that is being spoken out and you will run with it. And this is not a word from me, from John. Although the word is being spoken through a man, I believe this is a message straight from the heart of God to his people here in this local church. And he began speaking this word to me way back in February last year, almost 12 months ago. And and I thought, oh, is this a message for me to preach right now? And God was like, no, just sit on this. And so I sat on it and I just let it marinate a little bit. 
and, uh, and it's kind of just been bubbling under the surface for, for 12 months. And then uh, in October last year, I got away on my own for two days, two nights, um, just me in, a, in, in the countryside. And I just sat on this key verse and spent some time in prayer and just digging deeper into what it might look like for us as a church. And then I came back and brought it to our leadership team. And I asked them to prayerfully consider this, to, to make sure that this wasn't just me and that actually there's something bigger going on here. And so they did that. And that's the process essentially that's brought us to this point in time, to, to this morning. And you know, when the church works together, when the church is of one mind, there is power in that, isn't there? The Bible says that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. He commands a blessing. So can you strap on your running shoes this morning and get ready to, to grab hold of this? And so just to give you a picture of, of what it's going to look like this morning, I'm going to spend uh, the first half kind of teaching into the principle um, that God has given to me. And then we're going to spend the rest of the service looking at the, the practicalities, what it actually look like, looks like, the tangible stuff that we can actually begin to put into place, that we can begin to do and apply to um, this stuff. And then next week, um, I'm going to dig into a little bit more into the theology around uh, this scripture. Is that good? Okay, so we are going to be looking at Acts chapter 2 this morning. And before we get to our key verse for the year, I just want to set the scene. I want to give us a little bit of context so we know what's happened leading up to this moment. And so let me read to you from the very beginning of Acts chapter 2. It says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what we're seeing here is just as Jesus promised to his disciples that he was going to be with his father once again after dying and resurrecting again. And he said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave with you a helper. And so that is what we're seeing in this moment. And then Paul stands up and he begins to preach to the crowd from, we're reading from verse 14 now. But Peter standing with the 11 lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and young men shall see visions, and old men shall dream dreams." Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone 
that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God, to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and you killed by the hands of lawless men. And then God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. And then just jumping on a little further. This Jesus that God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. And then verse 38, And Peter said to them, Repent. He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who receive his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 songs. And so Paul is explaining to those who were there what is going on as they've seen the Holy Spirit manifest in this place. And he talks them through then how they can receive the Holy Spirit for themselves. He's saying, if you don't know God, if you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about, this is how you can come to know him. And it says 3,000 people committed their lives to Jesus in that moment. Wow, that's amazing. And it leads us straight into our key passage this morning. We're looking at Acts 2, 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all as had any need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. And so that key verse, if we're just to pull out one verse from that passage, it's Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And in the New Living Translation, it says, all the believers devoted themselves. All the believers devoted themselves. And so we're going to dig into this for a little bit this morning. Hopefully you're still with me. We're going to look at this. And so that word devoted in the Greek is proskartereo, and it means to be faithful. 
It means to be ready. It means to be steadfastly attended to. And and what it is, it's an ongoing thing. It's not a one-time thing. This is an ongoing thing to continually devote yourselves to the things of God. It's a a continuation. It's almost a never-ending thing. And so he says they devoted themselves. They were continually being devoted to. And then we see this, this list, the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And in the English language, that word devoted, it means to have, to have a strong love for or a loyalty for something or someone. And so this idea then is that these believers were in a constant state of love and loyalty. And they were focused on these things that would, that would build them up, that would keep them accountable, that would deepen their love for one another and that would center their attention on God. And so these four things essentially can act as as guidelines to, to formulate and focus Christian community or the local church if we're bringing it into modern day society. And so essentially what we're seeing here is a very simple ecclesiology, which is just a fancy word that means the theology around the nature and structure of church. And so that is what we're seeing right here in this passage. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. It means that they had a single-minded commitment. I thought it was great what V shared this morning because actually what this passage is saying is that they were intentional, that they were intentional about following these things. They were consistently and deliberately leaning into these four ideas. These were not options, but essentially they were building blocks for the local church. And it's pretty simple really, isn't it? When you, when you kind of look at it as a scripture, it's, it's simple and it's really practical. And so what I love is that in the context of what we're reading and, and where I started this morning to bring us up to the moment of our key verse is that we saw this dramatic holy moment where the Holy Spirit came and manifested himself in a way that no one had ever seen and experienced before. And 3,000 people get saved. And so that is just on its own, this incredible moment that will have just blown the minds even of the disciples. And then what follows immediately after this incredible, dynamic, supernatural moment is this real, practical, bricks and mortar stuff. Because what do you do when your church grows in one day by 3,000 people? other than panic a little bit, because how are we going to deal with this? Well, what you do is you put strategies in place. You put some practical things in place that can help this this church to flourish, to create a community, a, a practical, functioning, dynamic community that is fueled by the Holy Spirit. And so Luke, the author of Acts, he tells us what these strategies are. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the sharing of meals together, and to prayer. And so the truth is that whether you're a church of 3,000 people or whether you're a church of 30 people, these four building blocks can be applied across the, the whole spectrum of local church. 
And what happens as we see these practical things being put into place is that the Lord tells us that he added day by day to their number. And so with this practical stuff in place, God sees their faithfulness, he sees their devotion, and he blesses that by drawing people in to this community of local church. And an interesting point just to note, uh, kind of almost as an aside, is that the way the language is used to write this, this list of four things, it actually means that not one of them is more important than the other. You know, in church, we can often put this massive high priority on the teaching that we receive. And trust me, when we feel the pressure as preachers of the word, because it's kind of almost like you put the preacher on a pedestal in the church service. But actually, what we're seeing from the very conception of the early church here in Acts is four different elements, four different building blocks of church And each and every one of them is just as important as the other. And so the truth is that if we come to church and the teaching is on point, but we have zero connection amongst ourselves, we are failing. And if we are a church community that is thriving and that has incredible relationships with one another in the church building and also outside throughout the week, and yet our prayer lives are non-existent, we're failing. Each and every one of these blocks is vitally important, is equally important. And so we need to devote ourselves to all of them. And so we as a leadership, we've been asking ourselves, how can we best develop a community here at Hope Church that is devoted to these four ideas? And we're going to get into some of that shortly. But each and every one of us, as individuals, as followers of Christ, we need to be asking ourselves, how can I be more devoted to these four areas. In my own life, what can I do? What can I put into place to show my devotion to all of these things? In Jeremiah chapter two, it says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness In a land not sown, Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest, and all who ate of it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. You know, in relationships, we can often talk about this this honeymoon period, can't we? That kind of first few weeks or or months where you've got the rose-tinted glasses on and your other half cannot do or say anything wrong. You are just totally besotted and in love with the other person. But then over time, over time, those things that once drew you to your partner become the things that really irritate you about them. Am I right? (laughs) Don't tell Ruth. But as time goes on, it's it's something starts to shift because I think as we become more comfortable with one another, you know, whereas in the beginning days, perhaps we we put our best foot forward and we made sure we looked our best and smelt our best and hid all of our bad habits. But then as we get comfortable together, 
We begin to let that relax a little bit. We take off the, the mask and we begin to show the, the real us, warts and all. And, and that's when the test comes, isn't it? That actually, when we need to begin to choose love. And when it comes to Christianity, sometimes we talk about this, this honeymoon period, the, the fire and the passion that we, we had when we first came to faith, that actually we would tell anyone who would listen to us just what God had done in our lives. And we would devour worship and we would devour teaching and our, our thirst for God was just insatiable. We just had that passion and that, that drive, but for whatever reason, for some of us, or maybe even for, for most of us, that fire and that passion, it begins to, to kind of dwindle a little bit. And over time, it begins to, to fade and to, to almost die out and until maybe we experience a move of God and then it, it kind of fans into flame again and then it begins to die down. And then we get an answer to prayer and we're, we're just soaring on that high once again and, and then it begins to just fade away. Or maybe we head to a conference and we're just filled in that moment of just the awesome worship and teaching and again that, that fire begins to rage within us but then quickly it, it fades away. And I believe that's what the Lord is calling out in the Israelites. He says, I remember the devotion of your youth. It started off so well for the Israelites. But then as time went on, as times began to get tough, you know, they're going through the, the wilderness, this desert land. That passion begins to, to die out a little bit and they begin actually to turn their devotion away from God and onto other gods. Church, have we begun to drift away from God? Have we perhaps begun to put our, our focus on the gods of success or the gods of acceptance or the gods of, of wealth and, and possessions? Have we shifted our focus? Has something else become our God? Maybe what God's saying to us right now is, I remember the devotion of your youth. Can you remember it too? Can we get back to that first love when you were just filled with all of the passion and nothing could quench that thirst and that hunger for me? Have we let slip some of those, those good habits? And maybe we need to just find those once again. Let's devote ourselves again to God, to his teachings to his relationships with other believers, to, to sharing meals together, to taking communion together, to remembering the, the mighty work of Jesus on the cross when he died that horrible death. Why? For you and for me, so that we can be saved, so that we can have relationship with him. Can we devote ourselves once again to prayer, to actually praying like we believe God answers prayer. It says in 2 Chronicles, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. 
Can we devote ourselves once again to these elements, to these building blocks of church? Can we get devoted to God once again? Okay, so for now, I'm going to hit pause on, on the kind of preaching of this message. And, and I'm going to dig into it, like I said, more next week. But what I want to do now is just get practical for a moment and, and talk about the how, the, the nitty gritty. What is it that we're going to do? And so before I do that, um, we've got some booklets and pens that I just want to give out because I'm about to hurl a whole load of information at you. And if you're anything like me, it won't stick. So... Um, We've got some notebooks and pens that some guys are going to bring out to you, um, and that's going to be great. So this is just a little reminder. It tells you on the front what we're talking about. They devoted themselves so that every time you look at this book, you will remember that is what we're speaking over our church for this year. Joe's done an incredible job putting the verse on the coffee bar board. You might have been uh, noticed that at the beginning as you got your teas and coffees. But we just want to bring reminders throughout the year that this is not just a word for today, but actually something we're going to refer to throughout the year. And so this is just a, a blank book for you to make notes, whether you do it this morning or you can bring it to church on a Sunday and just use that to, to help you in this theme of devotion. And so what are we going to be doing in 2023 to, to run with this vision that we have been talking about this morning? Well, it makes sense, doesn't it, to break it down into the areas, the, the four building blocks as we begin to apply the practical stuff, the ministries, the initiatives. And so we're going to look at each one of the four, the apostles teaching. We're going to look at fellowship and breaking of bread. I'm going to merge those two. And then we're going to look at prayer. So stay with me. Are you with me? Come on. So we're going to look at apostles' teaching first. And so the apostles' teaching was, was nothing other than God's word. It's this book that many of us have either in hardback form or digital in our pockets. It's the word of God that is interpreted through the lens of Jesus. You know, we have this, this life-giving, living, breathing resource that has been a gift to us, the church, to help us, to equip us, to empower us, to fulfill our calling. And so the question is this morning, what does it look like to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching? What is that going to look like for us as a church this year? Brace yourselves. This is some really incredible stuff. The first one is biblical teaching on a Sunday. Mind blown, yeah? We've got to stick to the basics. And so we are going to commit to biblical teaching on a Sunday from myself, from others on the preaching team, from guest speakers, just to give you a little teaser, heads up, in two weeks time we've got my good friend Mark Hardy is going to be coming, he's going to be preaching to us, uh, he's an incredible speaker, I'm excited to hear what God has put on his heart um, and then Easter Sunday we've got Ray Bevan booked in, he is also just an amazing preacher that goes all around the globe and he is going to come here um, and share with us Easter Sunday. He's just written a book, so no doubt he will bring copies of his book as well that you can get hold of to grow in this area, to devote yourself in this area of the apostles' teaching. Second, hold on to your hats. 
Life groups. We have got three life groups on the books in our church at the moment, and we're going to be relaunching those towards the end of February. There will be more information in the coming weeks around life groups. But what we would love to see is to see these groups grow, to see more of you connecting into our life groups to the point where we have to create more groups. And so I'm believing that towards the end of the year, we will have added at least one, at least one more group to uh, this church. And what you're going to see this morning as we go through this, this practical stuff is that there is, there's crossover between the areas that we're talking about. And so life groups fall into apostles' teaching, but it also sits within fellowship because it's in our life groups that we do life together, hence the name. And so we will be hanging out. It's not arrive, teaching, go home. It's hang out and build relationship and get to know one another a little bit better. And so there's this kind of blend within, within life groups. This is real imaginative stuff, isn't it? No doubt your minds are blown this morning. Okay, so number three when it comes to apostles' teaching, Alpha. We are going to run Alpha again this year. Um, but we're going to change things up a little bit. Um, do you know what? I was blown away by Alpha in, the, in 2022. So we, we launched the course um, and we, we did some Facebook advertising and we flyered the local community. And the reality is that pretty much no one showed up that we didn't already know. And so week one and week two, we were proper deflated. And we were thinking, this is not uh, what we'd hoped. This is not what we'd planned for. But what we saw, actually, is that as we did life together as a church around a meal, relationships were strengthened. And so actually what it began as a real kind of disappointment to us, we began to see something that there was, there was benefit in and there was power in. And we'll, we'll come on to that a little bit later. But Alpha this year is going to be a little bit different. It's going to look more like a life group. So we're going to meet in someone's home. Um, again, we're going to be inviting the community, um, uh, but we're not going to run it if it's just the church. We're only going to run it if there's people who don't know Jesus but want to explore faith. And we're believing that it will bring something of the truth of God into people's lives in our community so that we can see people coming to faith, so that we can see people coming to know Christ. Uh, this year, we're going to run a marriage course. So whether you've been married for one week or whether you've been married for a decade or more, this course is going to be amazing for you. It's going to be a great resource. It's, uh, it's developed by the guys who created Alpha. And so there is, uh, there's great teaching in this. And it's just going to be a, a great opportunity, uh, you know, because first and foremost, we need to devote ourselves to God. But if you're in a married relationship, second comes devotion to your husband or wife. And so we want to grow and develop that. And so it's going to be open to the church. It's going to be open to other churches in the area. And we're going to open it to the wider community as well. Because even though it's based on biblical principles, there's stuff that's applicable to any relationship. And so if you are married, I encourage you to get down to that course. We're going to set the mood with some candles and soft lighting. We'll play some gentle music. Maybe a bit of Barry White going on. And... <laughs> But it's going to be great, and, and, and just to kind of, uh, we'll tell you this again, but this, this course, you're not expected to share anything with the wider group. 
This is an opportunity for you as a couple, one-on-one, to, to dig deeper into your relationship. And there's no, there's no, oh, would you stand up and share, you know, what you've just discussed? None of that. So there's no fear to be had around, I don't want people to know my dirty laundry. <laughs> there's none of that. It's just going to be great. In fact, Ruth and I are currently piloting it at home. We started it on Friday, week one. So we'll be able to tell you firsthand how good the course is when we come to, to running it. Okay, we're pressing on. We're still going. Uh, Next up is conferences. The men will be pleased to know that this year we are once again heading over to Life Church in Bradford for the Excel Conference. That has always been a time of incredible teaching. But here's the crossover again because we also get to go out for a curry on Friday night. And that's an amazing time just hanging out together. And we eat throughout the Saturdays. There's a lot of eating happens at conference. A lot of eating. Um, so there's this crossover again with, with fellowship too. So that's going to be awesome. But ladies, it's about time we did something for you, isn't it? You've been feeling left out. You've been moaning. and No, you've not. But, but it's about time we did something for you. So this year, you're going to have the opportunity to go to Audacious Church in Manchester in June for their ladies' conference called Luminous. And once again, so that's a Friday and Saturday again. Um, so you'll get to go Uh, and experience incredible teaching. Lisa Bevere is going to be there this year. She's an incredible uh, author from the States. Um, So there'll be incredible teaching, incredible worship, but also that great opportunity for hanging out and doing life over the dinner table. I don't know if you want something a little bit more refined than a a dirty curry on your Friday night, but we'll leave that to the ladies to decide. Um, But that's going to be great. So we'll give you more information around that as uh, it comes nearer to it. So that's the practical side of things that fall under apostles' teaching with some crossover into our next area. It's fairly simple stuff, isn't it? Like, we're not creating the wheel. We're not, this is not rocket science, but it's important because the key here, like V shared, is about being intentional. That is the key here, that we are intentional about connecting into the ministries and the opportunities that we are making available to you to create and to grow in your personal devotion to God. Because the truth is that that we as a leadership can't devote your lives to God. We can't devote your lives to God. That is on you to do. What we can do is provide opportunity for you to grow, to connect, to develop, to devote yourselves. So challenge yourself to devote yourselves to, to God in some of these ways. Okay, we're moving on. Fellowship and sharing in meals. I know that when we start to talk about food, some of you sit up and listen. So here we go. Tune in. We've already talked about some of the crossover opportunities to hang out and share meals together at conferences. Uh, we'll run some life group socials as well. So there'll be more crossover there too. But first up on this list is Hope Cafe. Harvey and the team there have been doing an incredible job. Can we just give them a round of applause? You know, this, this cafe that runs every Monday morning faithfully, 9.30 till 12, it's grown from three or four guys around a table uh, having coffee to sometimes seeing more than 15 people coming in to this building on a Monday morning. And so that's incredible. And there's an absolute no-brainer for us to be continuing with that this year. And, and they've got plans. We chatted uh, last week. They've got plans to have uh, once a month, they're going to be 
doing baked goods. Malcolm's going to be cooking up a storm with scones and muffins and stuff to, you know, keep you warm in the winter. There's going to be uh, breakfasts, all kinds of stuff going on and, and different games. We know they play dominoes. Um, there's going to be another dominoes tournament to, with a chance to win that coveted trophy at the end of the year. Um, all kinds of stuff going on. But for those of you who hear stories about Hope Cafe on a Monday morning, but you can't get to the cafe because of, of work commitments or whatever, well, listen up. Because we're going to start doing once a month Hope Cafe evenings. And so the first Friday of every month is going to be Hope Cafe evenings. And so this is going to be your opportunity, if you've not been able to get down on a Monday, to come on a Friday evening. It's going to be a similar vibe to the Monday mornings, except there's going to be a meal. So if that's not an incentive, I don't know what is. Malcolm's going to be cooking up uh, hot pots and curries and all kinds of stuff to, to keep us going. So you can come down to church. You don't have to arrive at the start and go at the end. You just drop in whatever you want to do. Um, and that's going to be just such an amazing opportunity for you to do that. And so that is the first Friday of every month. And they have fancy coffee. For those of you who like coffee, it's not just instant. It's like you can get cappuccinos, lattes, all that kind of stuff. I like tea, so I just drink tea. But, you know, if you're into coffee, then it's one for you. First Friday of every month, Hope Cafe Evenings. And that's not the first thing that's going to be happening the first weekend of every month. It's going to be a very busy but exciting weekend because we're also going to be launching first Sundays around the table. First Sundays around the table. And so what we're doing is we're going to be encouraging you the first Sunday of every month to invite someone round for dinner after church. Invite someone round for dinner after church. And it doesn't need to be anything fancy. I mean, if you love cooking and you want to go all out three course dinner with appetizers and bread and cheese afterwards, you go for it. That's all good. Please invite me. But if you can't be bothered with all that stuff and you just want to bung a pizza in the oven, that's cool too. It doesn't need to be. We don't want pressure on the host for this. The, the focus and the intention here is about building community. It's about hanging out together and getting to know each other more than how you're doing. Yeah, I'm fine after over a coffee on a Sunday. So that's what we want you to do. And, and if you've been invited to someone's house, offer to bring something. Oh, great. I'll bring dessert or I'll bring something to drink. And when you're there, don't let them wait on you hand and foot. Set the table. Do the washing up. Muck in. Because that's the principle that we see in Acts 2, that actually as a community, they all work together. It wasn't one person running around like a headless chicken while everyone else just kind of sat back and enjoyed it all. Everyone mucked in, everyone played their part. And so that's what we're encouraging for the first Sunday. And so maybe you don't want to have people at your house, you can't be bothered cleaning, or whatever your excuse might be, go out for dinner. I mean, there are more restaurants than there are houses in Lytham. You have got so much choice. So go out for dinner. You can pay for yourselves. You don't have to pay for the other person. Let's go out for some dinner after church on Sunday. Whatever it is, whatever it is, just connect with people. So we're going to run both of these for the first three months, February, March, and April, to see how it goes. Um, and I'm believing it's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to hearing stories um, so that means that we're starting this Friday. You can come down to church 
for Hope Cafe evenings. You can come down. So that's going to be 7 till 9.30 on Friday. Just drop in, whatever, come for the whole thing. Totally up to you. And then a week today, next Sunday, is first Sundays around the table. So that means today, after church, you need to be inviting someone for dinner. Don't wait until next Sunday and say, oh, have you got plans today? Because they probably have. So ask them today, would you like to come for dinner next Sunday? Okay, let's see how that goes. Are you still with me? Good. All right, next up is Passover. Back in, uh, in 2019, we shared Passover together as a church in the building. And it was a great evening where actually we got to learn about some of the Jewish traditions around this this festival this feast of Passover and so we're going to do that again this year and it's a little bit fancy and it's and it's nice and and it'll be led by someone at the front kind of talking through what it all means and the, the various prayers and the elements of the meal and and we'll get to do that together and and share this meal together and we'll literally get to share a meal in the same way that Jesus did with his disciples just before he went to the cross And so that's just an amazing opportunity to to get a greater understanding of of what life was like for the disciples. And so I encourage you to to get together uh, and come down to that. And and maybe it'll give us a greater understanding of of what it means when we do communion on a Sunday as well. So that's going to be a a great opportunity. And last up in uh, fellowship and sharing meals together is parties. We love a party, any excuse to get the buffet out and get some drinks on the go. So we're going to have a Teams summer party. Uh, We hosted one at our house last summer. It was a great time. But this is an exclusive invite-only party, I'm afraid. If you want to come to our Teams summer party, you've got to be on a team. So guess what this means I can do? I can plug you getting onto a team. So if you're not serving on a team right now, you're not coming to our summer party and you're going to miss out. No, 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 no. (laughs) But it's great fun. And actually, if you join a team, it means that we're creating this picture of family some more, that actually we're all mucking in. We're all playing our part. We're not just coasting along on a Sunday. And so if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know what I can do, We'll find you something to do. We will understand what your passions are, where you feel comfortable, and we will give you the opportunity to serve in church, and then you can come to the party. Okay. But if you don't want to do that, you can still party with us, but you're going to have to wait till Christmas because we'll have another Christmas party. Okay. So that's parties. That is fellowship and sharing meals together. And then we're going to move on to our final point to prayer. And I have no doubt that we can all get on board with hanging out. We can all get on board with sharing meals together because that is good fun. But wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if our prayer meetings were bursting at the seams? If we had to put on more prayer meetings because there was such a thirst and passion and desire for praying like we mean it. That is my hope. That is my vision this year. Because prayer is where we do business with God. Prayer is where we get stuff done. It is the, the, the engine room. It's the powerhouse of the church. And we don't want to run out of steam this year. 
As we are racing and running with this vision this year, we don't want to run out of steam and we want to be firing on all cylinders, don't we? And so for that, we need to get praying. We need to get praying. And so we're just uh, in our final week of the 21 days of prayer and fasting and that's something that we will continue to do year in, year out to devote uh, the first of our year to God like I shared a few weeks ago. Um, So that's incredible and thank you to those of you who have been joining in with us on that, who have come along to the prayer meetings we've had so far this year. So we're going to carry on with that. But also this year we're going to try something new. We're going to have days of prayer. We're going to try some days of prayer and see see how that goes. And so what that looks like is that the church building will be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on a specific day. And and we'll let you know in advance. And there'll be some gentle music playing in the background. We'll have some prayer stations around the room to help you focus up on some specific areas. But ultimately, we're just creating space for you to come and to pray. You don't have to do whatever we're setting out. We're just providing opportunity and tools and and resource. So we're going to do these days of prayer. And we'll give you some more information on those in the weeks to come as well. But we know that God hears our prayers, don't we? And that no word spoken to our Heavenly Father is wasted. And so we're really believing that these days are going to be important. That actually it's going to be really key for us as a church, as a body, as a family to be standing united in prayer, petitioning for one another, petitioning God for our church, petitioning God for our community. And so we are going to devote ourselves to prayer in that way. Encounter nights. We're going to run four or five encounter nights throughout uh, the year. And the first one, as Ruth said, is going to be this Wednesday evening. And they are just a great time of worship of prayer. It's super chilled out and relaxed. We have a laugh on those evenings um, and we just spend time worshiping God, seeking his presence and praying together. There's no pressure to pray out loud. If that's what's stopping you from, from coming along, there is no pressure. It is super relaxed. And so if you've never been to an encounter night, I would encourage you, get along this Wednesday to see what it's about. Half seven here at church half seven till about nine o'clock, and it's just a great time together. So we're going to do that. And then finally, we're going to have prayer ministry on Sundays. And that, again, might seem like a bit of a no-brainer, but it's not something we've been particularly good at. And so I apologize um, that we've not been been fulfilling that kind of uh, role for you guys uh, as well as we should be doing. And so Towards the end of last year, what we did was we asked for volunteers to join a prayer ministry team. And thank you to those of you who connected into that. And they've been through some training to get them to a place where we're confident releasing uh, them to pray over you guys as a church. And so we're going to begin to mobilize that team on a Sunday morning. And so every week, every week, we're going to give opportunity for you to receive prayer during the service where you can come to the front and someone will pray with you and stand with you. Because again, that is what we're here for. That is what we're about. We want to stand with each other. We want to connect with each other. And in those moments, if, uh, if you want prayer, but you don't want to say why you want prayer, that's fine. Just come and get some prayer. If you want to come to the front and you want to share a bit about, that's fine too. But what we want to do is provide opportunity 
so that we can pray with you, so that you don't feel like you're alone in this, because we are all together. And so we're going to create space regularly for that. I mean, obviously, if you want prayer, we will pray for you inside of the service or out. Come and speak to me, Ruth, one of the other leaders, your life group leader. It's our privilege to pray with you. Fill out a prayer request card in the foyer, put it in the offering basket or give it to someone. We want to pray with you. This is just another opportunity. This is another opportunity for prayer to happen in the church. And that's it. And it's a whole heap of information uh, that I've thrown at you, and I realize that. Um, and we will continue to update you as some of these things are, are coming up so your diaries can be prepared. Um, if you didn't write that down, and it would be helpful for you to have it in written format, come and speak to me, and I will uh, put some it together for you because I want everyone to be aware of who we are as a church, where we're going in 2023 and what God is going to do uh, through this local church. But ultimately, you know, as a leadership team, our hope and our belief is that through focusing on these four areas, on the apostles' teaching, on fellowship, on sharing meals together and on prayer, is that ultimately we can build a strong community of believers that we can build this strong community and then become a light to the local area which will attract people to Jesus. And that's the one thing that we haven't mentioned this morning in terms of of tangible elements to this vision and, and it's the biggest one, is salvations. Because the whole point of this is to see God's kingdom grow. And so this might look like quite an insular vision that actually what I'm saying is we should be working to, to grow us and almost keeping us together. But I believe that through the principle that we've seen taught in Acts 2 is that they worked on devoting themselves to this stuff which was quite insular, but actually it then became attractive to those outside. Why do we know this? Because the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. And so we're believing for salvations this year. And believing that we can be baptizing people in water and in the Holy Spirit. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You know, how awesome would it be if we outgrew this building? Because we became such a strong church community that was so attractive to people in the local area that it grew so much that we were bursting at the seams and we had to find some new way to do church. Let's get excited about the potential of what God can do through us as a local church. And so we hope and pray that you as individuals, each and every one of you making your own decision to be intentional about devoting yourselves to God, that you'll spend time in his word, that you will connect with each other on a deeper level, that you'll begin to share life with each other over a meal and that we will deepen our prayer lives, that it will become stronger than ever. But what we're believing for, more than any of that, what God's heart beats for more than any of this, is for people to come to know him, to see people won for the kingdom of Jesus, to see people saved and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's it. Church, why don't you stand with me, uh, and we're going to commit this vision uh, to God right now. You know, I believe that we're going to see growth individually. 
I believe that we're going to see growth as a church as we become a strong, thriving, life-giving community that is devoted to God. So why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you that you are here. I thank you that you have placed us as a church, as a body of Christ in this area, in Lytham, on the corner of Preston Road for a specific purpose. That God, this wasn't a mistake, that this wasn't a coincidence, that actually there was a reason behind this. God, I thank you for each and every person that calls Hope Church Lytham their home. I pray that you will bless each and every one of us, that you would protect each and every one of us from the attacks of the enemy. Because when we devote ourselves to you, that scares the enemy. That gets him worried and anxious and nervous about what could happen. Because when we work with you, when we walk with you, when we are united together with one vision, with one purpose, with one God, that there is power in that. That we can see change in our community. That we can see lives transformed. That we can see this entire town of Tans and the Fylde transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not because of who we are as a local church, because of who, but because of who we are in you, with you. And so God, I pray that you encourage each and every one of us to devote ourselves to you. That we would devote ourselves to the word of God. That we would devote ourselves to each other through hanging out over meals, through doing life together on a deeper level, through breaking bread with one another. And God, I pray we would devote ourselves to prayer, actually believing that prayer works, praying like things can happen, like we can actually move mountains when we ask them to move, when we tell them to move. Build our faith, build our hope, build our expectation levels, I pray in Jesus' mighty name.